0: Hello, you're about to listen to Richard Henning's Squad Theatre Podcast. This week's guest is Mark Watson. If you enjoy all this stuff, you can help us pay for it by going to www.gofasterstripe.com slash badges, make a one-off donation or a monthly donation. We'll probably do another Kickstarter for the next series of Reher Lester Maybe for AI Otima. So do keep an eye out for those. Go to slash gigs, find out where I'm gigging. I'm coming to the Leicester Square Theatre throughout August and September doing all of my old shows. It'd be lovely if you could come and see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or all twelve of those. There's a new one at the end called Happy Now. Uh, Nothing written for that as I speak But hopefully by the 12th of September there will be some stuff So anyway, let us crack on with this week's episode of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre Don't be scared, please welcome Richard Herring Can't believe I'm back Can't believe I'm back Welcome, welcome, one and all, to this week's Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as some of the cooler kids have started calling it, Rahalastapar. Lester Pur. that's what it's called now. Yeah, that's, that's what it's called now. Uh, so, uh, I've got a fantastic uh, show for you this week. Uh, and it sounds um, good job that this week's show and next week's show aren't recorded at the same time, because with me and this week's guest, Mark Watson, and next week's guest, Robin Ince, all in the same building, if all three of us were killed in a fire or something, that would cut the uh, productivity of British comedy by about 70%. So it's just the three of us. No one would notice, that's the thing. No one, <laughs> the general populace wouldn't notice the difference. There would just be a lot less comedy going on if we uh, or were all to die, which hopefully we won't. Uh, I've had quite uh, a weekend, um, quite a tiring weekend. I was trying to have a romantic weekend with my wife, mixing at work, which is always a, a danger. We went away, we we're going to go away for a, to a spa in Tring. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> because I was doing some shows in Tring, and they, that was part of the, the deal, they would give us a spa show. But we, we uh, it, it was, I, I, a lot, there was a big chain of events. I don't think I've got time to tell you all of what, what happened during this, I forgot I had a baby, uh, for the first time this, for this weekend, and left her in the car for a, for a little while. Uh, so, uh, just for a little while. It wasn't entirely my fault. We were quite rushed. I'd been in Bristol the night before. I'd come back, got up really early. I was really tired. My wife had had a really t- awful time with the baby, so she was really tired. And we wanted to kind of get away to have this nice romantic weekend as quickly as we could. But then it was, it's difficult when you've got a kid to organise everything. So it was getting later and later into the afternoon. We're getting more and more annoyed. And then we left and then my wife uh, thought she'd lost her phone. And so then she worried that because that she'd been rushing, she'd dropped the phone in the street. So we had to turn, we were in difficult kind of on the, air, the, air, uh, the west way out of London, which is very busy at that time. We had to turn around, which took ages, and come back to Shepherdsbush, which took ages. My street is always full of parked cars on a Saturday, because there's the Westfields nearby, and there's beautiful Shepherds Bush. Do come and live there if you can. It's a wonderful place. Some r- lovely houses on the market, just to the moment in Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> a man took a shit in my front garden the other day, but it's a lovely place! Don't, don't let that put you off. I deliberately didn't blog about it because I thought someone might read my blog and I'm not going to buy that house. Hopefully, I'll have sold the house before this one comes out. <laughs> but it's, I once did that. If you know all my work, I once did that myself. So it is karma to, that I had to clear up another man's massive shit shit, massive shit. That's not even part of the story. So we had to... I, we kind of drove down this road. I dropped my wife off and then I had to park at the top uh, of the road because I, I suddenly had a brainstorm. This is how tired we were. It was only when we got home that I thought maybe I should ring the phone and see if it's in the car. <laughs> uh, and I rang. I couldn't hear anything. But then I thought, oh, I'll, re- I'll go down. I'll, re- I'll get out of the car and I'll, re- and I'll hopefully hear it. If it's in the street, I'll be able to hear it ringing. Uh, but then, So I ran down the road. Then I went in the house and my wife came and said, where's Phoebe? I said, oh, yeah. So that's her. <laughs> <laughs> She's still... It's quite a hot day. I'd left her in the car. My parents did that to me once I was left in the car for about 20 minutes with the slight window open. I didn't have the window open uh, and nearly died. So that would have... Been, it's, it's easily done. Uh, but it turned out... Then I rang the phone again and my wife could hear it. In the, the phone was in the car. It was tucked into the baby seat. So, in a way neither of us could really get angry with the other one it was almost we were all quite fraught and then actually we'd both done something terribly stupidly wrong uh, and it was okay uh, and then we I got to the spa hotel we got there quite quite late about five o'clock so we thought we we're gonna have a drink and i wanted to go for a wee and it's quite a posh hotel that had the pretensions of that uh, and uh, actually now i've said tring it's pretty obvious where it is but fuck it uh, so uh, which one it is? but it, the toilet in our room was like full of toilet paper or something just full to the top of toilet paper and so i thought well i rang down and said the toilet's blocked, which is a bit weird. Hopefully, the toilet had been cleaned. Do you think someone might have noticed this huge amount of stuff inside? So we went down to the bar. This guy came up and we said we pointed out, and so we were going to go to the bar. Um, We thought, if we come and get us, if we need to move rooms, if this is if this is a problem, and he came down to the bar with a bag with this thing inside, held up. And said, don't flush your nappies down the toilet. Um, I said, no, we have literally just got here. We didn't, we're not going to flush our nappies down the toilet and then ring you to come and get them. That was, we, wasn't us who did. They said, I can see you've got a little baby there. So. Okay, but no, well, even if it had been us, you can't, if you run a posh hotel, you can't start accusing your guests. And it wasn't us, so I was quite angry. So it was a, I'm am he was lucky he didn't get punched in the head. So it was quite a time, we had quite a time. When I'm, maybe I'll tell you what happened the next day. It's everything, just everything went fucking wrong the whole weekend. But, you know, it might, might form part of my next show, so that's <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh, look, I've talked to him up for long enough. I will bring on our guest. He is obviously, I mean, there's no question what this guy is best known for. He is best known for the show. Improvisation, my dear <laughs> Mark Watson, nice. Will you please welcome Mark Watson from Improvisation, my dear Mark Watson. Here he comes. There he is. Come in, sit down. Improvisation, my dear Mark Watson.
1: Yes, that's probably... That definitely is the peak of my career. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, who came up with the title for the the show, the improvisation? My, I've never seen the show. I don't know anything about it, and I, I don't went want to talk about the a difficult period
1: in my career, Richard.
0: <laughs> I just want to talk about the title of the show,
1: well, improvisation, my dear mother. understandably so. Who came up um, with that idea? And it's easy to point the finger <laughs> of blame. Actually, no, it wasn't me. In fact, I did not sanction the title. Um, because, you know,
0: Sherlock Holmes never said elementary, my dear Watson, anyway. No, he didn't. And also, he said elementary, my dear Watson, not improvisation. <laughs> yes, that's and there And didn't use the man's first name.
1: No, he didn't, no. So His character really was well. Watson, you dick. Get off those. <laughs> those are your fingerprints. I, um... <laughs> and of course, as people adapt the books, they take on a different form, don't they? I, um... It's been a real problem being called Watson, actually. I don't really (laughs) recommend it. Uh, It's a common enough name that people forget you. Yeah. But it's also, it reminds people of uh, Sherlock Holmes, and they they sort of, they will do that joke. Yes, unfortunately, um, uh, this production company had this idea for doing an improv show. They thought I should host it. So far, fine. (laughs) Uh, And then um, the bloke said, I thought we could call it Improvisation, My Dear Watson. But luckily... um, it didn't look like it would ever be commissioned. <laughs> so I thought, I just sort of humoured him and went, oh, that sounds like a lovely idea. And, um, and then unfortunately it was made. Yeah. And suddenly you've got a show called Improvisation My Dear Watson, and you're called Watson. It's not it's, impro- it's called
0: Improvisation My Dear Mark Watson. It wasn't Watson. called My Dear Mark
1: Watson. <laughs> was it was. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest with you, I didn't watch it. That is what. It, <laughs> I mean. If it was called <laughs>
0: Improvisation My Dear Watson, I thought it I, it would was. Been, I would have been less angry about it. I thought, I thought it. It. it was, yeah.
1: <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling me my 18 hour shows were marketed as 24 or something. Yeah, I, it was a, um, it was a <laughs> slow burning, but it does, it lands in the air. I, yeah, it was a problem. It was, yeah. um, well, you'll know yourself, so many um, sort of TV shows that are um, pitched in a kind of pie in the sky way that if someone says, can we do this show uh, with you attached? You don't really mind because you think, well, that'll never happen. Then yeah. suddenly, suddenly it's too late. <laughs> suddenly, you're watching a title sequence that says, "Improvisation, my dear Watson," Mark and Watson. your face is going <laughs> <laughs> We will, we will Google this, and I, I've Googled
0: it. Believe me, if it was that, I would have let it go because that's close enough. Improvisation, but my it can't dear Watson. Been my dear Mark Watson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that really what it was? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to have to write that. I thought I had enough problems in my life. Anyway, uh,
0: I'm trying anyway, to bring... The, I've had some of the cast of Improvisation, my dear Mark Watson, on the show. The already. cast were good. I'm Josie trying, was in it, yeah, she's Ruf, been on.
1: Rufus Ham was in yeah, it. I think he like, was. It was really...
0: Um, if anyone from that show is on this show, that is what they're introduced as being their most <laughs> oh, famous. It's <that's, laughs> yeah. one of the biggest shows of the decade, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> Good, but you've done some other stuff as well. I, I, was, I was hoping I to make we'd never bit, get onto that. I, I was yeah. hoping to make that bit last an hour. Uh, the, uh, just a full hour. The people that made it were hoping
1: <laughs> that the show would last an hour, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, let's move on. Uh, well, I want to ask you about cheese, first of all. Uh, uh, I'll stand my ground on this. You don't I, really like cheese? No, I don't like it. That's what um, I under- As I understand
1: it. Yes, but I know. It's, people it's, nearly always make that noise. Um... It's perfectly straightforward. I don't like cheese unless it's a binding agent. In other words, in the lasagna uh, or uh, on a pizza or something where the cheese is not a primary flavour, where it's, uh, I'll have it as a a binding agent. I mean, this is completely... I don't even know why we're having this conversation. (laughs) It's a completely rational point of view. I just don't like the taste of cheese. But then don't eat cheese, even as a binding, Angel. Yeah, but you,
0: you, then I wouldn't... Flour to...
1: flowers are binding, you could eat a pizza with flour on the top. Yeah, if I never ate any cheese, I would never have pizza, for example. I'd yeah. be robbed of lasagna. So my thing is, I'm benign towards cheese, but I won't have it. If you gave me a piece of cheese, I wouldn't eat it. it
0: sounds like cheese is a major part of those two things that you like, though. So I'm, I'm just wondering if you, I, if you might maybe tried some cheese. And no, I don't like cheese, We've Richard. got backstage, we've got...
1: The, the no, most I, eminent fromageerie oh no man. no I, the last thing i want to do is eat cheese okay. I, i'll just say again i hate to keep using the phrase binding agent but uh, <laughs> i um, so for example in the Sani, you don't really notice you're eating cheese because you ha- you got your béchamel sauces which i realize is cheese based but it's not <laughs> yeah like, it's not like, that's fine what i won't do is i won't eat a piece of cheddar i won't eat a, a piece of ca- uh, camembert in particular all those yeah. soft cheeses that people uh Cooking the oven and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I think that's inexcusable, really. <laughs> like, I, th- I think of myself as a liberal, but when someone sticks a camembert in the oven, I think it's time to is time to have a big but discussion, really. If you're eating I... a baked camembert, the camembert really is a binding agent
0: in that baked camembert. It's oh, kind yeah. of holding
1: the. It's it's baked, well, it's a binding agent, but it's also a primary agent, what we <laughs> okay. call a primary agent. In fact, it is. I was saying in a baked camembert, camembert is the primary ingredient, so I, I can't tolerate that. Basically, what I'm saying is I hate cheese, but I accept lasagna is really nice. Um, but even within the realm of pizza, I won't have a four seasons pizza or... I won't have a pizza where cheese is overrepresented. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll have a Hawaiian pizza because the headlines are ham and pineapple and the cheese is sort of a... It's actually perfectly sensible. Yeah. Like, I, I, as I say, I, I think we're making a drama out of this where it doesn't okay. need to be right. All right, we'll move on. You are cripplingly afraid of
0: thunder and lightning. I understand. Yeah, you've done... You've, I have fair, done my research. Done research yeah, well, like... the, the thing is, we share a tour manager, you and I, so I, I've managed to get... <laughs> i managed to get some quite good... Bloody child. <laughs> i managed to get some quite good...
1: Uh, yes, it's a... It's a that is problem, yeah. yeah. What do you, what's your problem
0: with... Because you, do you not think it kills more people than heart attacks? Is that your... I don't
1: think it. There's no doubt. That the thunder, <laughs> lightning is Britain's biggest killer, yeah. yeah. It, um, <laughs> it, it's it's a terrible... Um, it's a terrible scourge, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's, it? it's, I'm terrified of it. I, I what is it.
0: The, is it the noise or is it
1: the fr- fire coming from the sky? It's, yeah, it's the massive discharge of... It, um, <laughs> what's the word? Electricity? Electricity, yeah. I believe, yeah. The word is wine, I think, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, um, yes, it's the enormous amount of uh, voltage going through your... It's terrifying. Have you ever Light- been, hit, have you been hit
0: by lightning?
1: No, if I did, yeah. I wouldn't be here because it's... it's an, I mean, I know people claim to have survived lightning strikes, yeah. but in reality, that never happens, I don't think. <laughs> lightning um, is a terrible... It's a killer, and unlike things like cancer, we will never, we can't solve lightning. Like it will, as long as we have the planet with these climatic conditions, no climatic conditions. Climatic yeah. means climax, isn't it? Yeah, it's good too. It's awful. Lightning's terrifying. I'm amazed that people aren't scared of it. Every time there's a storm, if anything, people quite enjoy. Yeah. We go, oh, let's go out and run around and wave the golf club in the air. And I, I think it's like, <laughs> lightning's horrifying. It's, it's, yeah. If you get struck by it, you're, you're... I mean, you die. I
0: believe primitive people were very scared of it when they...
1: I believe <laughs> your, your mum was. <laughs> 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 Okay, Ooh. fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's a real, it's called astrophobia. It's a proper, it's a proper, um, I've had treatment for it. I had hypnotherapy. It hasn't worked though, hasn't it? you no. scared. Well, I had hypnotherapy for it, but the thing is, being hypnotized is quite scary as well, so that didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm in therapy for that process, yeah. Yeah, because, you know,
0: I've seen videos on the internet, on some of the channels I like, where a man hypnotizes someone and then starts fiddling around with them. <laughs> <laughs> you you be worried about that? That might have happened no. to you. You wouldn't know because well, you were hypnotised. No, well, no I wouldn't I've been
1: hypnotised just to say to just to shout when I hear the word <laughs> chicken or something. Yeah.
0: I haven't seen you on any of those videos that I watch. They're mainly um, young women on, uh, the, on the videos. Uh, as far as I know, I've not been molested I, while I, being hypnotised. I would quite no, like to see that, though. I'd quite like to see. Uh, sudden, amongst all the women... I mean, not that I watch a lot of them.
1: <laughs> amongst the dozens of
0: women. <laughs> yeah, just suddenly a, a man in his 40s. Uh, th- Play 35 this
1: year, Richard. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I was thinking of myself. Oh, uh, I see. The terrible thing is, I think I'd quite like to be. I think I wouldn't. I don't think I'd mind that. I, yeah. uh, if someone's going to interfere with me, I think I'd be. Well, uh, the hypnosis again, idea. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm
0: sort of. I'm married. I've been married for three or four years now, three and a half years. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm trying to find loopholes in that whole. You're not
1: allowed to have sex <laughs> with other people. thing porn is a, porn is basically the, nature's biggest yeah. loophole. But yeah. if you
0: were, if you were hypnotised by someone and they had sex, with you could. Your wife would go, "What did you just say? Ah, oh, it's hypnotised. So, yeah. But you know, if i have been found in bed with Paul McKenna, I'm golden now. As far, I, there's well, nothing yeah. she can do.
1: There's nothing your wife can do, but no. you've got other problems. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, this is a new emergency question. If you do, you would you consider having sex with a robot, like in the Channel Four program Humans? humans yeah. Would you consider that as cheating? Because I don't. Know, that's not. That's not cheating, is it? So it's somebody that has the. It has the properties of a. Looks human Looks like a human, but it's not. It's just but like. I know a, it's a robot. It's just a big blender,
1: really, and it's a toaster. Or something. <laughs> Just if you were having sex with a toaster so you're asking me to weigh up having sex yeah. with a blender <laughs> um, it's the old blender fucking chestnut
2: um,
0: but it's in the shape of a beautiful woman but your wife couldn't really complain about that my wife wouldn't let me do it she, we had a d- big discussion about it um, I, I, I mean think just,
1: the technology isn't really there yet I, I think I'd be in trouble yeah I think I'd be unpopular yeah I think I, think, I mean the marriage vows don't currently exactly. incorporate humans it's true but I don't think I don't think, no, I think... Because it looks like a, a person, I think yeah. it would still be seen as poor form, I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that you would be able to say, yeah, if it was a droid, I don't, think, I don't <laughs> think it would completely let you off, no. So, no, I think I'd have to say... I mean, it depends, though. In a way, if it was, if it was like, so obviously robotic that it's clearly not a human... That's worse. Is it? Yeah, it's perverted. You want to have sex <laughs> with a... <and> uh, LAUGHTER If we start criticising people for being pervs, it's a whole other conversation. I'm just saying that you're on safer ground if it's clearly not a human. I think the the ambiguities begin when it's it's too much like a human, yeah. Let's hope the situation never emerges. Have have you ever forgotten that you have a child and left it somewhere? I heard you talking about that. (laughs) Yeah, quite often. Yeah, because the thing is, like, they're there every day. You yeah. can't always be on form, no. can you? Yeah, it was, I, um, it's quite a worry The first
0: time it happens, it's quite worrying because it really is like, <laughs> no, it's that moment where it's Phoebe,
1: oh yeah, oh dear, <laughs> oh dear." Yeah. That's quite bad. And then you, you sort of get used to it. Yeah. Well, I've got two now as well, yeah. so you can't like, you can't always be worrying about two at the same time. <laughs> like, You'll find if you have two, that's what happens as well. The, the the older one's five years old, so I'm used to the idea I've got a elder. So yeah. I never forget him. But now and again, you think, oh, I've really taken care of this situation. I, I, I've done the cleaning. Here's my five year old. Shit, there's another one. And, uh, that, that has that's happened a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, I left her for. I suppose this will go out, actually. And this is this will be unpopular, but I did. Um, I left her for a few minutes in a. Uh, soft play, okay. which is a facility for children, but she wasn't in a bit... She was she was in the cafe bit. And um, <laughs> I... Um, in the, like, serving behind the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was... And genuinely, I, I, I just had a moment where I thought, Sh- ah, I've got two children. So, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> yes. it's... Um, you shouldn't judge yourself. Your harshest critics will say you've only got one, so it should be possible to remember that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of... It's, you know, well, you get used to s- having life without children, don't you? Suddenly you do. you've got a factor in a new variable. Well, and then there's are and there's lots of stuff going on. Oh, and your tide. wife's
0: running around looking for phones and stuff. That, you know, that oh. is, it was an ex- exceptional circumstance. You deserve all the sympathy you can get. I do. There, but yeah. She was safe in the car. Mm. Oh,
1: it's not uh, like you left her in a sort of no. lion's den or something. I
0: also, when I parked the car... I've got, I've got an automatic car, and the handbrake should come on automatically, but sometimes it doesn't. Oh. And, the, uh, and the car, when I parked it, it rolled back a bit, and then a woman and a small boy were, were crossing the road behind it, and then she looked at me really angrily. Yeah. So that also distracted me from, because I nearly killed a child as well.
1: <laughs> yes. And it so, would have been
0: an awkward day if you killed a child oh, yeah. and then neglected your I own then child. I forgot that my own yeah. child was there. <laughs> sort of karmic, I and that suppose. That was in yeah. prison. I want to be in prison and go, oh, yeah, I forgot.
1: No, I mean, probably Ideally, you remember how many children you have and you, you don't kill anyone else's children, and then that counts as a good day, I think. And, yeah. and don't have sex with any robots. And you don't have sex with the robots, yeah.
0: Do you think it's wrong that i am only been married for three years and I'm looking for loopholes in
1: how I can have sex with <laughs> <coughs> other objects, really? I don't like to judge whether it's wrong, but it's definitely a conversation worth having <laughs> with your wife, yeah. Um, but watching pornography on a computer, that's all right? I don't think that porn even comes... Under the category of a loophole, does it? Pour what if, it's, just, it's, it's like have, it's like milk or something. What if the uh, uh, <laughs> What you know. if the
0: computer, as you were having sex with it, had a little nozzle that you put your <laughs> that you put your penis into, and you could just, and then that moved around on its own. Would that count as cheating? Because I don't see where. Well, I don't well, think it would count as point? cheating, but I
1: don't think it would count as a very good evening either. <laughs> <laughs> hand,
0: you could be doing other. You could be doing other stuff with your hands. Oh, I agree. It's pragmatic. You can watch. Yeah, I just. Um... Then it's going like a little milking machine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I...
0: like that. And then is that cheating? Would that be cheating? So as long as it's your about... own
1: hand looking and imagining you're having sex or watching having sex with those people. I think, and you're older than me, and I don't want to give you kind of what might seem patronising lifestyle advice, but I don't think you should uh, jam your cock into the vent of a computer. No, I, I, um... (laughs) I think if at all possible, you shouldn't do that. It would be a special device.
0: I'm not... Uh, My computer uh, is currently in the Apple store because it's got something spilled on it. (laughs) That's...
1: they going to come back with quite a detailed report, I think. Yeah, <laughs> they might be called genius, but they weren't seen anything quite like this before. Yeah, I'm not worried about it from a moral point of view. No. Just, I just think you can probably even even I'm with just the strictures to... of marriage, I think you can do better than. Putting I'm it in trying a to nozzle.
0: work out what where the point where the sex with the machine becomes unacceptable. That's all I'm saying. So watching a machine and 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 some would say, but being a voyeur secretly masturbating over the thing on that machine. I don't know why I'm asking you these questions. No. I don't know either, but here just, we are. <laughs> <laughs> just, you
1: know, I trust you, I feel like you would know the answer. Yeah, answers. I know, well, you're having a lovely time. Yeah. I, um, I think basically it's fine to do pretty much anything involving your dick and a computer. From a moral point of view, I just think you might come away feeling a little bit disappointed with your life. OK. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, clearly, you've, you've been to lower ebbs before, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fine, I take it all back. Stick it in the and see what happens. Yeah,
0: I'll give it a go. Um, I've got one more question from Giles, from Giles for you. Could you tell me what your Aussie Rules football prediction league is
1: called? So, um, I mean, this is very niche to be Thank fair. You. Okay, but um, as you've said, Giles is my tour manager, also Rich's tour manager. Um, the two of us had basically the two English people interested in Australian rules football, which for me is part of a general suite of sport uh, obsession. So we have a prediction league where we bet, um, not for money, just for honour, on the um, (laughs) results of Australian rules football every week. Uh, This is our third season. We've had two seasons. I won both the previous seasons. And so I think, understandably, the competition is called the Watson Cup. And um, (laughs) that's... um, uh, every year, Giles says that he'll buy a trophy and give it to me. He never, he's never got round to it. Yeah. So all I've had out of it is the honour of, of having it called that. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Okay. Also, this year I'm uh, twelve points up. I, um, <laughs> which I don't like to dwell on it, but I'm. Like There's a lot wrong with me, but I can definitely tip Australian rules games to uh, quite accurate. Previously, the Watson Cup was the name given to the Connect Four tournament conducted annually between me and my dad, which um, (laughs) I've talked about this on stage before, but it ended in 1989 because um, I lost in the decider and I threatened to commit suicide. (laughs) um, Left a note on the kitchen table saying, I've killed myself because you're better at Connect Four than me. (laughs) And um, my dad came up the stairs, knocked on the door, and I said... Yes, and he said, "Nah, thought not." <laughs> as, um, so, um, the, the, the name, the Watson Cup, has lain dormant for more than twenty okay. years. But now it's been. And as I say, it's not an ego thing. It's purely that I was the inaugural winner. So okay. That's why I have
0: it. Yeah. And if you lose, will you kill yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah <sighs> there's no. You have to try and win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't really like sport. You do like sport. The only thing I can know that I remember about Aussie rules football, I don't doubt this guy's still playing, because this is about ten years ago, there was a player who had like a finger that was always bothering him and meant he, had to t- he, c- he couldn't play Aussie rules football. He yeah, he's retired his... now. Yeah, yeah, he was getting on his nerves. You
1: say you don't like sport, but you pay close attention I do, to well, what Lord a... Sugar
0: says about sport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this is a
0: good story, he had a, bad, he had a bad finger, so he kept on missing games, so he decided to have his finger amputated, so that he'd be able to play, he wouldn't have to... Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. That's quite a commitment, to... I, I admire that man.
1: Yeah, I think if you're prepared to have a finger lopped off, <laughs> so you can play sport. to play a game that involves both your hands, it's almost worth admitting you just shouldn't be in sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: well, I, t- I sort of am interested in sport in a comedic level. I find it kind of funny, but it's because it's one of the things I'm not interested. In, but I'm not interested in a lot of things that m- normal people are interested in. Yeah. Like I'm not that interested in music. And I find sport kind of a bit ridiculous. No sport, no music. Yeah. What do you get up to? Is it I'm mostly just, just porn?
1: Yeah, mainly sex is completely. working out. <laughs> trying to invent the porn bot computer is my what I'm trying to I've do. Got, my best. I understand that. I've got quite a lot of things that I, yeah. that I don't do, which which the majority of people are interested in. But yeah. I find like I don't really watch TV. I no. hardly ever watch TV, and I'm not on Facebook, so I feel alienated from quite a lot of human yeah. society. Yeah. But sports quite fun. I mean, I, what I enjoy
0: about sport, which maybe you would enjoy as well, is that I, I like the idea of people who aren't very good at sport being. Playing sport and people going to watch that—that that would be more interesting to me. Well, yeah, than to people who are really
1: good. Just people who aren't that good. It's a shame we don't have a professional circuit for. Um... So what nearly happened there. I nearly made a joke about the Paralympics and I went, <laughs> but now I was like, um, that's... but you can see why that would have been a catastrophe for my career. Also, it would have been completely distasteful. And I think the great thing is that I definitely didn't make the joke. Uh,
0: h- however this you sentence... is... You've certainly rescued it. Yeah, I... In a way that just stopping and not saying anything could never have done. Oh, yeah, no. It's definitely lucky that I brought it up and then backed out of it, I think. Yeah, that was the safest thing to do. Right, on we go! When you started doing stand-up comedy, you did it with a Welsh accent. Yeah. 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 You're not Welsh, so what's going on? Well... George, our I mean, sound man, said he compared you to that woman who blacked up. <laughs> Pretended to be black. Cos he's Welsh, and I think he's quite offended that you... Yeah. that you would pretend to be
1: Welsh. And I did used to black up as well, to be fair, yeah. And I did the thing with my eyes. But, um... Well, um... They can't see that on the podcast, luckily. It's filmed, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay but it was that it was like doing like Chinese eyes but in an offensive way um <laughs> But luckily I was doing it in the context of things that you definitely couldn't do because it would be an <laughs> offensive shtick to it. So, yeah, that's fine. It's
0: interesting to... But I, I was. But I say it because similarly...
1: I, when I this is going really well, by the way. I start,
0: when I started doing stand-up, I did uh, I did a kind of Somerset character. I started out yeah. as a character and, I, and, and it was a... You know, I, I, and I, was was it as a sort of shield away from being
1: yourself? Uh, yeah, sorry? basically yeah. it was. Yeah, It was much more nerve-wracking to do it as myself. Yeah. And if you're... I've sort of got used to it now, but if you are up there with your own uh, voice and personality, you do sort of think, oh, this is shit. Uh, Plus, (laughs) when you're starting out, and I had done a Welsh accent plenty of times before, uh, because my family, my mum's Welsh, I've, I've heard Welsh accents a lot, I grew up in Bristol, Is 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 it your real
0: mum or just the woman you call your mum who you have photos (laughs) taken with? Yeah, no, my
1: my real mum is a Welsh person that I never speak to. But um, (laughs) the person that became... Surely, is my actual mum. But um, (laughs) my real mum, uh, yeah, she's got... So I'm used to Welsh accents and um, at university, the uh, handful of times that I did comedy, I would do it with a Welsh accent. So when it came to stand-up, I thought... But the thing is, and it might have been the same when you started, I didn't really have a plan for it to go well. I, I just thought, well, this will be fine... I'm only doing five minutes. When you start out, you do tiny chunks of comedy, so you don't have a long-term plan. And then gradually it became... I, it went well, and so people started saying, there's that Welsh guy, so I felt I had no option but to carry it on. And um, very soon, within six months of starting my career, I was locked into a sort of Welsh lie. And um, Did you pretend to be Welsh
0: off stage oh, as well? Oh, yeah, I... Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah, I um, We went to a gig once and I was doing the Welsh accent in your car uh, (laughs) because I I felt like if people, if I didn't use the voice off stage, and this is why it started to crack for me because I, (laughs) I felt like I can't really do this for my whole life. I would do the gig and I'd get in the car and we'd all be driving home and I'd go, yeah, no, it went pretty well. uh, I'm relatively happy. And uh, if it's a four or five hour journey, you would think, well, this is, for 20 minutes on stage, this is quite a big ask, really, to pretend to be Welsh. No, I got invited to a dinner for young Welsh achievers. And, um, (laughs) And, I mean... Obviously, I went, because at this point in my career, I was very poor, so if I could get a free dinner. Uh, But people there were speaking in Welsh, and that was, it. so I had quite a long evening. Um, And after that, I started thinking, this won't really do, yeah. And um, plus, there was Rod Gilbert at this point. I mean, Rod and I had been in a lot of... Our careers came sort of in parallel, so I was aware all this time he was much more genuinely Welsh. So for a variety of reasons, I I sort of had to drop it, yeah. Did you do a show with Rod in Edinburgh, is that right? Yes, we did a show of, like... Wales' top two Were you comedians. You pretending to be Welsh? Then? It was Wales's yeah. top one comedian. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> but I was from Bristol. It's only 12 miles. Yeah, I'm, I'm so,
0: oh I'm this close to being Welsh. If there's ever an Anglo-Welsh war, there's every chance Bristol will become part of Wales if that Wales is successful in that war. Oh no, I don't think so.
1: No, no I, I like to think Bristol will stay loyal. <laughs> yeah. In the terrifying, I once dreamt there was an Anglo-Welsh war. I, 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 it's one of my most frightening dreams ever. About uh, five years ago, I dreamt I was in my garden, my old house, and there was an England v Wales war. So we were being bombed by, uh, by the Welsh. Yeah. And um, I was there doing my stand-up voice, going, but I am Welsh. <laughs> and, uh, but the, as you can imagine, the, the, uh, the Welsh equivalent of the Luftwaffe knew no mercy. <laughs> and, um, anyway, I woke up and it was basically fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as with so many dreams, you've just got to ride it out. Yeah. LAUGHTER
0: I'd just say to the Welsh, you know, remember what happened last time and we will
1: win, so don't even think about Oh, it. It. it's not worth it. No, don't it's think not about worth it, because we'll win. It's much better if we stay in harmony with the and the yeah, Scottish, but, really. yeah. <laughs> you would back England in the war, yeah, yeah. there's just more manpower, there's far yeah. more.
0: Uh, no, I'm against Scotland, I'd be quite scared, but not <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so Welsh. We're much more numerous than the Scottish, but yeah.
0: they are quite fierce, aren't and they? And they don't really care about, you know, staying
1: alive. No. They live in Scotland, so, you know, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely... can be a lovely place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Limmy
0: is a guest in uh, the future, if, if he doesn't hear this one. So, uh, it's uh, just practising for when he's on. Uh, and, uh, well, let's, let's talk about this. We'll get this uh, out of the way. Um, your Magnus Cider advert.
1: Oh, I'm glad we're getting out of the way.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified we wouldn't bring it up. <laughs> Yes, uh, pear cider. Yeah, it pe- was pear
0: cider. And uh, quite famously, uh, Stuart Lee did a routine about this. I was going to
1: say, you're not even the first person out of Herring and Lee <laughs> to bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also the first person to call it Herring and Lee. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why that happened.
0: <laughs> the correct, it should be, that is the correct. And we actually, uh, oh, when we, we had a quite a big discussion about which way round it should be. Yeah. I didn't really care. Uh, our producer at the time said she thought it should be Herring and Lee. And Stu felt very strongly that it should be Lee and Herring.
1: I find that unlikely. And, uh, <laughs>
0: He's not somebody that would let his ego get in the way of considerations. And I think right if, I'd, if I... Put, we didn't realise for about two or three years, but I think if I'd said that sounds a bit like Lee and Perrin Sauce, and it all look like we've named
1: ourselves after Lee and that Perrin That would be sauce. awful, because that is a commercial product. It but, is, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't start endorsing things that people pay money for. <laughs> uh, oh, I might as well say... No, I I don't know. Yeah, so um, here's the the state of play between me and Stuart Lee, your erstwhile collaborator, is that I, uh, you know, there are other there's other podcasts. Yes. So So, um, they're not as good, but they're not worth watching. They're terrible. (laughs) So, I did Stuart Goldsmith podcast. I referred in a very respectful way to Stuart, just. he said, have you ever thought about having a drink with Stuart Lee and, and talking through this side of business? Yeah. And I said very flippantly, Stuart is, is too successful now. He's become a sort of uh, idol to the comedy world. I would need a special uh, pass to talk to him. And it really was a flippant remark. But I received an angry email from Stuart <laughs> saying, um, I understand from your podcast you need a, sp- in inverted commas, special pass to talk to me. What does this refer to? Why you... So, obviously frightened because that's I mean, Stuart Lee I like, I, well I like him I respect him and also you can he can have you deported uh, so um, so like he has he's definitely he's like the eighth most powerful person in the country so, um, so I wrote him back in quite a detailed email saying it was not meant as any sort of slight on you it just uh, I was just referring flippantly to the fact that you now have uh, kind of you have been beatified by the comedy world people like me Feel as if we can't offend you now with that, blah, blah. And it was really respectful. Um, And I replied, and that reply came from me within half an hour of the. Uh, but nothing. I've not heard back from him. I don't so, think he
0: reads his. From from my dealings with him by email, I don't think he reads his emails. Well, so what, he would just he would just not. say that you've you carried on saying that. That's what. But
1: I what it means is that I'm basically communicating with Stuart Lee through podcasts. Okay. Now. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm just. If he's listening to this, please, Stuart. Just i um, I think uh, let's let's we can work this out, Stuart. Uh, I'm sorry about my uh, occasional commercial sellouts. It seems. I mean, it just—it
0: seems odd to me when a lot of. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can understand it because I, I don't. I, apart from the stupid adverts I've started putting on to this show, podcast, I would, I would, I would find it. I find it sort of compromising to, to be in an advert in some ways. But oh, I gosh, also, yeah. but I also, <laughs> but I also think it's up to an individual to choose. It seems weird to pe- people are kind of getting picked on well, as individuals, and there's so many people who do do adverts. It's, just, it's, it's just that's your own personal view. My own personal view is I don't really want to do them. Uh, I, but I think I, I could have my arm twisted by
1: £250,000. That's all you'd want. <laughs> 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 yes, I had my arm twisted for an awful lot less than that, yeah. uh, it's fair to say. But it's but just but the point where your arm could be twisted, isn't it? There was no. a point where my arm could be twisted, I think... But, and I say this, and I've already said this um, in relation to the advert, and it, it kind of sounds disingenuous, but I genuinely thought that no one would care at all, like, <laughs> I, because I'd never done a TV advert before, but I had done, you know, promotional stuff and things yeah. for bits of and I just sort of thought, because, I don't know, I think partly I don't watch very much TV and I don't interact with adverts at all, like, I, I never remember any adverts or, so I just sort of thought, this is pretty innocuous, I... I'd certainly never see a comedian on an advert. And and I suppose, and again, this sounds naive now, but my radar was uh, Stephen Fry. Fry, at the time, was on an advert for tea bags or something. In the time, in the 12 months before I did my advert, Fry uh, had done two or three adverts, and I thought, nobody has more respect, uh, more of the love of the general public than Fry. So if Fry can advertise basically anything and get away with it, that must mean that there's a convention where people accept (laughs) that uh, but I think I, what I misunderstood was that I'm not as popular as Fry. So Fry, <laughs> Fry has accumulated a lot of credit already, which means that if he's flogging tea to you, you think, ah, oh, fuck off. But you're still Fry. <laughs> Whereas when people saw me, but the other thing was, I like, I just, I don't know. I think comedy is a very, very left-wing sphere, and I, I, I suppose I feel like. I mean, I'm not, like, I am sort of, I'm a voted Labour. I'm not exactly a, I wouldn't describe myself as capitalist by any means. But I do sort of feel like, basically, I think my point is adverts are meaningless. I don't think they matter. I think if someone is stupid enough to give you money to advertise something, you might as well do it, unless it's something that's really morally reprehensible. I wouldn't have taken it on if it was something that I thought, if it was a product that I thought people would... But I couldn't imagine people would be offended by Magna's pair because it's not even the most successful pair cider, <laughs> as we all know. In fact, it's third now. There's Copperberg now. Um, and even at the time, it was... it was, was uh, clearly the market leader. And they were hoping with my campaign that Magna's would overtake Bulmers. But uh, I looked recently and Bulmers has got a bigger lead than ever. Um, and it was not a very good advert. And, but, yeah, I'm still kind of... I, I, I do completely understand. I think if I had a sort of Bill Hicksian uh, track record of uh, damning adverts or damning the corporate world in general, then I would uh, be open to charge of hypocrisy. But as it is... I was just hired to do a thing, and I yeah. don't really see the the harm in that. And as an
0: actor, really, I mean, it wasn't like, "Hi, I'm Mark Watson from
1: Improvisation, no. my dear Mark Watson." No, of course, <laughs> you didn't sully the name of Improvisation, the worry my is is dear. That Mark- people thought I was surfing the massive success <laughs> of Improvisation. Yeah, you know, uh, and I understand that the, the, that show had its hardcore fans that were upset. Um, I think there's a a level of sort of being
0: patronizing about it. And, you know, I I think about this a lot because, and I don't, you know, I've turned down the things I've been offered. I don't get offered very much. So it's not, it's easy for me to say I'm not that bothered. But I also think there's a sort of patronizing element to it. It's like, I understand that adverts are evil, but the people that you're, who are watching this out into the the world, they might not understand that and they might be taken in by the lies. So, you know, it seems a patronizing attitude in that way. I
1: I do think that a bit. And again, I. I'm prepared to sort of be wrong on this issue, but, you know, somebody, a well-known comedian, uh, gave me a lot more abuse than Stuart for it. And um, his thing was like, well, how can you advertise booze? This is a nation of alcoholics. Teenagers that like your comedy are going to see that. And firstly, if, if the upshot of the advert is that they buy pear cider, (laughs) we're all safe because the amount of that you'd have to drink before you manifested any sort of drunkenness is uh, is physically impossible. I I drank pints and pints of that during the advert and there's barely any booze content in it at all but also, and again, I'm aware that I'm probably swimming against uh, some sort of moral tide here but I do feel that you should be allowed to advertise products even if you morally disapprove of them because uh, you know, people are going to... Adults are going to drink or, or gamble or... They're going to yeah. do it anyway. I understand there's a convention of, of having these warnings saying drink responsibly. Even that is a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. It's weird to have two minutes of saying, drinking's amazing, <laughs> and then in the end go, but do, do be careful, don't drink. <laughs> like, um, but if you're going to allow the adverts... To, you have to accept that people sort of make decisions, you know. Yeah. I, I sort of think... Um, I mean, I drink oh, much too much. Like, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of drinking, and it'll certainly kill me in the next 20 years, but I don't blame advertising for that. Advertising merely reiterates what I already know, which is that booze is on sale. I sort of feel like... <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Like, you know... It's not as if someone sees an ad for, for Ladbrooks and thinks, betting, well, I've never <laughs> heard of that, but um, so to me... It, it, it's peculiar to me to talk as if adverts uh, facilitate a form of consumption which otherwise wouldn't be possible. Yeah. You, you, everyone, knows, everyone here knows you can buy stuff. If if someone advertises it, you're not more likely to buy it. You still make your own decisions. Yeah. Against this, it has to be said, I bought a flat from the advert. <laughs> so um, I'm completely aware that I... I'm in a morally dubious position and to be fair I've not done an advert since but not because of that yeah. just because the success of the Magna's advert <laughs> didn't allow anyone else to hire me um, but yeah I do I do feel that I, I, and I also said this at the time and I would say it again now at the time the Magna's advert was offered to me I'd just written a novel which took nine months and which um, ultimately was published but at the time it didn't look as if it was but I'd been dumped by my publisher and I, I have a lot of kind of projects like that which are quite you know, labour-intensive and um, artistically high-minded and which you get hardly any money for. So if I'm offered something like an advert which um, is potentially lucrative, although this sounds um, like something you would say in your justification, I genuinely see it as an opportunity to fund things like... I've written five or six novels without ever making any money out of them because that's what I love doing. And I've done quite a lot of other projects which which don't ever pay. So that would be my answer to people like Stuart who see it as a kind of compromise. I think that throughout history, um, people that want to write things like poems or books or plays have had to rely on the patronage of... Uh, rich people, and if that takes the form of Magnus Pair, so in that case, <laughs> uh, as a result of the Magnus advert, I was able to spend six more months reworking the novel, and I did in yeah. get it published. So that's that's the, in all seriousness, that's the way I justify it. Well, life sometimes, is full of
0: those kind of compromises, and it, it, yeah. it is a question of whether then something, whether a thing you want to do exists or doesn't exist. Then yeah. you, you know, sometimes you can't stay true to what the sixteen-year-old. You would have said maybe, no, but, think, but even if the sixteen-year-old didn't say, you know, I think sometimes people, especially Stuart, can think I think this, and therefore it is universally true. I think and like, it yeah. often is, but often but, is, and I do uh, respect him. And <laughs> I, I, I
1: genuinely respect people that are principled enough never to take an advert. I would say if the sixteen-year-old me had uh, dreamed of nothing but being a novelist, if that person had been approached and said, "So you can, uh, you'll be a novelist, but you'll be, you'll be." Uh, chucked by your publisher, and to revive your novel writing career, you have to advertise cider. I think I would have definitely said, Yeah, fine. Do you mean Strongbow or something like that? And then this mysterious person would have said, No, uh, when you're in your 30s, there'll be a new type of cider, which is made with sort of pears and other soft fruits, and it will, it will never really catch on. Um, you know, I would have said, A, yes, I'll probably do it for my writing ambitions, and B, how do you know this about the future of cider? <laughs> so yeah I, I don't regret it I don't think because um, I, I was able to do a year of writing as a result of it um, but was but it like, weird
0: being I mean I think it's all interesting that then it became a thing that obviously comedy fans uh, follow Stu a lot and so did that become a did it become more difficult after the after the routine or well was I it... didn't
1: like that much because um, nobody wants to be the butt of the routines of somebody yeah. as, as famous and as oft quoted as Stuart Lee and um, but I didn't blame him. I, at no point did I think it was unfair. I did accept that if you take uh, the money to do an advert, you, you'll you'll be criticised, um, maybe comedically, maybe. But the only the sad thing really is that I really respect Stuart, and um, it's hurtful to be uh, criticised by people that, of whom you have a high opinion. But I don't know. I I sort of. Um, it's true that it's, it's very weird to be in a routine that people <laughs> come up to you and sort of quote and yeah. um, I, I'd rather not that, I'd rather um, <laughs> well I suppose I'd rather the three things that comedy fans most commonly say to me are, third is something about a joke of mine, second is Stuart Lee's thing and the first thing is I love your bit about uh, your suitcase, which is actually Rod Gilbert <laughs> but um <laughs> Of course, I always say thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. I mean it's um it's especially a shame because I'm um quite I'm not a particularly uh, confrontational personality, so I'd never have imagined I'd be in a situation where I'd made enemies of Frankie Ball and Stuart Lee, two <laughs> of the of the opinion formers of contemporary comedy. And um yeah, I hate it. I hate, <laughs> I, 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 hate I hate being um that guy because yeah. Also, because, and again, I hate to kind of—I'm only banging on about this because, well, you've touched a nerve. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I did it. I did it on purpose. (laughs) There are a lot of comedians out there whom you could criticise of riding some sort of gravy train towards um, commercial success. I would say that, although I did do the advert, I've done like I've written all these books and all these marathon shows, and the majority of my career has been spent doing relatively kind of unusual projects that don't uh, make any money and that don't really garner much attention from the general public so I think what hurts for me is that I like to see myself as the sort of person that is in that camp of alternative of genuinely innovative comedians but because of the advert I don't really have a leg to stand on but there are times when I think you write five fucking novels Um, (laughs) I've (laughs) I've yet to say that because we only communicate through podcasts (laughs) (laughs) i <laughs> and a sixth one on the way <laughs> plus a graphic novel coming out and graphic novels aren't lucrative I,
0: it does I think it's I, it seems unfair out of all the people you could you know if you if you wanted to pick on some, I mean, I mean Stephen Fry would be an instrument to pick on uh, Johnny Vegas who was on last week done lots oh, there's of there's loads of, that, but, of great people to some, pick on yeah. people people you know so, it's weird some people you go oh that's alright Old oh, Johnny Vegas we all love him that's fine so it's yeah
1: because also I strange. didn't get that much money
0: for it I've, got, I've definitely got less <laughs> money than Stuart <laughs> Lee like so it's not as if
1: I'm Frankie for that matter No. which is the other thing it's odd to be it's odd to be um, labelled as a commercial sellout by people that you know are more commercially successful than you yeah. like it's not well I don't know I haven't asked Stuart how much money he's got um, <laughs> again because it's really only these podcasts where we chat but, um, <laughs> but it's not as if I've you know uh, made an obscene amount of money and, and y- there are plenty of people you could point the finger at within comedy that are doing that having said that Stuart has also targeted quite a lot of those people as well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. not as if I'm the only victim. It's
0: true. It's all right to make money, I think, is, is probably... If you, it's, I think it's all right to make money. I think capitalism isn't perfect, but it's sort of fair that if you do some work, you get paid for it, I think. It, it makes it easier in the long run, I think.
1: It does. Than I, just and saying, and I, and I let's,
0: think... let's share... I worked it out the other day because I was trying to think of something of the show, and I think if you shared out everything in the world equally between every single person you'd have something like £250 each and a £1,000 worth of property. Uh, but yeah. then, do you have to then... How When you even out, is it like the prodigal son, that if that person goes out and spends their money, then the next weekend it gets evened out again? <laughs> Someone's or doing or, or a lot we, are we just going to
1: reset and then... It's a lot of maths <laughs> for someone, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah, it's difficult. But you're uh, right, I mean, that is a point. If, if you're talking about uh what is fair, then really all of us should give loads of our money to yeah. people in Ghana, yeah, because all, and pretty much everyone in this room is a lot richer than, um, is in the top uh, 0.1% of, and everyone knows that. Yeah. So, if you're going to be criticised for making money, then I think it's legitimate to say, well, you also have quite a lot of money, yeah. right? what are you doing with it? What, well, you it's know? like
0: those people who say, check your privilege on you know, Twitter or fa- Facebook, yeah. are using a computer Uh, Which is already worth more. more (laughs) Even if they've just got access to it, they're more privileged than most people in the world. Uh, Anyway, look, before I forget, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, Daniel Kleinberg paid me some money to say this. Who's the sellout I'm now? <laughs> uh, and I don't. Know is it mean, about cider. It isn't. I don't know if it's me or him. that He's saying it about because it's true of both of us. I am an Adams family billionaire, which makes me a fucking idiot. I should have said that at the beginning of the show. I am a bit, uh, and so is he. he. He's a guy on uh, on Twitter who keeps on posting his high score on the Adams family pinball right, game. Yeah. I've got 1.6 billion now, so I think I might be beating him. So, but maybe not. That's a lot. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. And. Uh, <laughs> Are you aware of Britcom, Dirty Brickcom Confessions website? Uh, just from... Yes. Yeah. There are, there are a few of yours. They're quite, they're, quite, they're quite a lot, actually. They're quite nice on, on the sort of... Uh, this one happened to me in the dressing room as well. Uh, this is
1: Mark, Wat- Mark Watson, bent over. I saw crack. I enjoyed it. I mean, to be fair, my like, I'm so thin in my trousers, yeah. are so regularly low that that's, that's barely a confession. Nice. Also, if you didn't enjoy it, there'd be something wrong with you. <laughs> it was you' yeah, Not being funny, but who doesn't want to see a bit of this crap? Nice. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay, yes, just, most
1: people in the end. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll make, we'll make, we'll, as he turns around, have a look, we'll get, get the cameras in <laughs> tight. I'm
1: going to uh, back off now. Here's
0: another, I want to fuck Mark Watson and cuddle him at the same time. I mean, what kind of person doesn't want to do that? I mean, that, this person's going, yeah, I'm not just want to fuck him, I want to cuddle him as well. Look at me, on a nice I'm guy. I'm quite enjoying
1: the way I, the confessions have gone. Uh, uh, I think, um... I call it a fuckle. He's highly fucklable. Is this a real one? That's a real one. Well, I suppose that that's, person th- that's I mean, reasonably good news. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it's nice to think I'm going to get sex and also solace. Yeah. Um, it's sad to think
0: someone might just want to fuck you and not, I mean, just literally be in you and just I was keeping, say, keeping every other part of their body away yeah. from you.
1: You sort of feel like cuddling is part and parcel
0: of yeah. it, really, yeah. don't you? Yeah.
1: yeah. At least, yeah. To, be, no, to begin with, just end at the end. It shouldn't be an enormous confessions. go, I want to fuck him, but also <laughs> touch <laughs> him. <laughs> But um, even so, it's very rare someone expresses that level of enthusiasm for me. <laughs> these come from these come from your. These come from this website. This, uh, it's, they've stopped taking. Uh, it's a shame they've stopped
0: taking confessions. am surprised recently.
1: after this crop.
0: Um, I would love to screw Mark Watson on my couch and on my bathroom floor. Even in bed would suit me.
1: So it's nice. They're <laughs> wow. flexible. They're flexible. That's someone that's ready to really go to the <laughs> worst possible extremes and <laughs> have sex in their bed. This is, are these different? I think these this are high-minded. Be I, I know they're all real. a lot of propositions like this. Um,
0: I want to watch Mark Watson masturbate. Ah. <laughs> well, the, t- <laughs> the tone has changed.
1: Um, we
0: can make that dream come true not, right now if you want, uh, if you want, it's if you want to. It's not a
1: service that I currently we, offer. We've got, um, so we've got 20,
0: 15 minutes. If it was that's for the sake of here.
1: selling cider, of course I'd do it. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't normally masturbate without some sort of brand attached to it. <laughs> um <laughs> This is incredible. I wish I was on this site more often. Yeah, you should go now. It's a very, You know, it's kind of a, an ego boost and a terrifying... Peculiar. Why would you want to watch somebody... Even if you liked somebody, why would you want to watch them masturbate? Wouldn't you want to... I've got more sympathy with the person that wanted to just have sex with me yeah. while cuddling. That's a, that's a... Well, also, do they, are they watching you masturbate? Is it like sitting here and
0: watching you masturbate? Or is it watching you, like, through a window or from a, <laughs> from a cupboard? We need more... I think just if we're going to do it, I'd rather do it at close quarters, <laughs> in, in a, a way. Through a window saying,
1: is peculiar. I think, yeah.
0: I... So it's happening. Like, oh, yeah. I'd if we're doing yeah, it, that's... I would.
1: I would make them a cup of tea afterwards but and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't it make you uncomfortable if there's just? Oh yes, yeah,
1: very interesting. Well, like, I, I, so the I way haven't... you're doing it is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, but. I... <laughs> no. mm. I, yes. I uh, think I might go. Yeah, go on, masturbate that penis a bit more. Would that be um, yeah. really make you uncomfortable? I think I'm still happy with the way this is going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any more? Uh, well, I'll ask you, I've got an, a,
0: quite cash for questions. Uh, I'll get paid to ask you this question. Uh, even the guy who's asked this, Andrew McGovern, has so little uh, confidence in himself, he's asked a second question, uh, in case I don't like the first one. But I'm going to go with his first one. You've been on stage for 27 hours in a row, not just tonight, in uh, another time. What are the first social and psychological niceties to break down under this kind of duress, in case it's of interest, to human rights watch? Uh,
1: you... Um uh, in case, and many of you won't know, I've done these uh, marathon shows and the last one was 27 hours long. I think that, the, well, probably the, the first nice thing that breaks down is just people's names. You forget people's names, right. even if it's someone really famous. Like, in about the 20th hour, if you had Obama on stage, you would be like, uh, that guy. <laughs> um, and also just, you you yeah, you lose your tolerance, generally, I think. Like, um, people come on and do funny stuff and you will still chat to them but you're no longer interested in uh, catering to what they might be feeling because your thing is always yes but I've been awake for 20 hours so essentially I suppose the answer is you lose respect for the rest of humanity laughter um, because rightly or wrongly you decide that your situation is worse than, even yeah. though it's self-inflicted you, you,
0: I get you that know. from doing any gig in front with, yeah, with an audience I a, respect for you don't have to be on
1: stage for 27 hours <laughs> no. to start to hate the human race it's true you can do it within an hour are you yeah. on the whole time Pr- pretty you much go to, you must go to the sometimes room, there's thing. a guest sometimes the, yeah I'll have a wee sometimes sometimes I'll go and masturbate for money <laughs> um, <laughs> what would be funny is if you took that previous bit out but kept that in <laughs> and then um, and <laughs> then <laughs> I think my status with comic relief would go down if if you edit this wrongly. Sometimes there's like you sent a message in last time. Sometimes yes. we show messages on the screen. But yeah, you are on stage for most of that time. So you basically um, you you kind of um, you forget how to deal politely with people. Yeah, yeah. I think politeness is something which um is imposed by sort of everyday routine. As soon as you've been. you know even if you've not been on stage for that long if you're just if you're tired in everyday life you do start to uh, not treat people with as much respect so it's probably it's probably that
0: yeah Yeah. what is it about you that makes you push yourself this much because obviously like doing these are quite extreme things in Edinburgh you do quite quite full-on weird shows and you're writing novels which is very difficult and you're you're in all these different areas of uh, comedy and so you're pushing yourself and I can understand this and I think maybe my next guest Robin Ince can also understand it yeah Ince is
1: is worse than me yeah well he's worse than uh, me so that's uh, Ince is is, I mean he's probably back there listening Ince is a fucking idiot he is
0: so you know I tell um, you I wouldn't want to watch Matt in Masturbate though that is one I I would not want to see uh, that no
1: I don't think I would but I don't think I'd want to watch me Masturbate (laughs) there's someone out there does I think I I shouldn't say it but I'm really pleased with that uh, um, (laughs) yeah Not something I thought was on anyone's mind. Don't clap it! (laughs) That shouldn't be the highlight of the show.
0: (laughs) I just, uh, I didn't think that would be a thing. What do you think it it is, though? And what is it about the three of us, I think, would be fair to say, that we kind of seem to be obsessed about producing a huge amount of content? It's a good question. I
1: think, I mean, I think it's probably just that, well, for me, I think it's partly just, I'm always conscious that life is pretty short and your career uh, in it in a field like this might be shorter still. Like, no-one knows how long you're going to... To be fair, you've done it. You've you've hung in there for bloody ages. I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know when it's... You never
0: do but know. But it's mainly by me just doing my own things. Well, that's the and thing. Forcing you, other people to come on them.
1: In a way, you sort of have to... Um, you have to accept that if this is your life, then um, there's a finite period in which you'll be uh, commercially... And not, it's not even about commerce, actually. You're right. It's just purely... I'm 35, so I've got maybe 20 more years of doing this sort of thing before I become... There are comedians older than me, but it becomes... You couldn't do that thing about masturbating if I was 58, for example. (laughs) So uh, once you're aware that you have a finite period of productivity, I'm just keen to sort of cram it with as much as... But also, I've just got loads of ambitions. Like, there's so many novels that I want to write, and there's just a lot of stuff I want to do, I suppose. That's the simplest answer. I'm determined to... And some people mellow out because they get a a family or but we've both got Robin's got a family we've all got kids and stuff for me I have not found that any other aspect of life diminishes my appetite for work basically I just love I think I just love doing it that's the simplest answer I love doing it and also (laughs) thank you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) thank you (laughs) and also everything I do like a book or a long show anything I can always um, imagine a better way that I might have done it so I've always got As soon as a project ends, I think if I could have another crack at that, it would be that bit better. So, in that sense, it's a bit like your obsession with Adam's family. I think (laughs) like um, work for me is is like an app that you know there is a higher score you could get, and it's not purely about. It's not about. In fact, these days for me, it's not at all about money or even prestige. I don't really mind about my status anymore. There's just this pride that comes from thinking I could everything I'm doing. I could just do it a bit better. Yeah. And that's what motivates me, I think.
0: Do you think, and this is something I just think about myself, and I don't think it about you, but I wonder whether, like, by doing less, that it might... That that might actually lead to be becoming more successful. In a way, yeah, in a way I, by oh, no, I've done a new show every year for 12 years, and I, now going back and doing them all again and starting to do little best-of shows, you kind of go, yeah. what well, if I'd just worked at that hour for, for four years and then done a show rather than done four different shows in four years? I do
1: sometimes think that, and I've had various managers friends, various people who've said, why do you do so many things at once if you dedicate yourself to one? And a lot of the people that we're up against, dare I say it, um, a lot of successful stand-ups are pretty much purely doing stand-up and yeah. they devote themselves to that. And I do sometimes think, am I tying my own hands by um, by operating on two or three different... But I, I, it's just what I want to do, I think. I, I don't think I could give up writing... Well, I certainly couldn't give up writing novels in order to just do stand-up, but I don't think I'd want to not do stand-up. So basically, I'm just sort of doing what I feel like I should be doing, I think. There are times when I think, c- could I have become a sort of uh, McIntyre-level or at least a Russell Howard-sized um, comic if I had done nothing? But, but I think the answer is probably no, because you, you have a kind of... Level that you're going to reach as a comedian, I've reached mine. I think it, it probably couldn't have been any higher than in I football think, yeah. teams' championship. I'm like, I'm about like, whatever, like the 42nd comedian. In the, like, that's probably where I was meant to go, I Maybe, think. Maybe, but
0: I also think uh, suddenly, like, you know, well, but, you look know, at Stuart, uh, something can suddenly happen, yeah, you know, suddenly at a point in your career and suddenly something changes and it and it becomes something else,
1: yeah. And to be fair, that could still happen, I suppose, yeah. but I think. I suppose I don't regret any of the things like novels or any of the um projects that I've taken on which have eaten a lot of time away from my stand up and I also don't regret having the stand no I think I think I'm just a, a person that's happiest doing lots of projects and I'll continue to pursue that even if it's to the detriment of all those projects <laughs> yeah which is a, probably a shame but... <laughs> and uh, again for somebody for anyone like Stuart or anyone that might accuse me of being kind of um commercially minded I would say the the final disproof of that is that i've willingly pursued five or six career strands in a row knowing that all of them are screwing each other yeah so I, I've basically committed career suicide because I really like books. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think I'm happy that with that. I, I think you probably are too. I yeah. can't imagine you just doing one thing and pursuing it. No, and I,
0: like, you know, and I like that. And I like... Uh, I mean, Stu was critical of me for lo- wasting lots of money on doing my last play. And he said I should have thought about my family. But I'm glad that I wasted that money on that last... I'd rather spend the money that I've made from doing other things, which I'm lucky enough to do, on creating more more work that hopefully will, you know, but also yeah. you, everyone, can't one, start thinking about your family. But no, but also everyone you're taking a punt on, you know, you're taking a punt, if that thing becomes successful, then, then it will become, the money well, yeah. you've spent, or the time you spent on creating it, will become commercially viable anyway, but you know, all you can do with this business, I think, is to, is to just, do what you think is good and hope someone will agree at That's some point.
1: That's basically exactly the same thing that I do. And stand-up is a very flimsy sort of thing. Yeah. Writing is a very... All of the things individually are quite a frail thing to hang your career on. So I think it's, I think it's worth having those different things. Yeah. yeah. But also, I would just be unhappy. If I wasn't doing stand-up, if I was just writing books, I'd be looking at stand-ups thinking, I'm roughly as good as Russell Kane. I've got a very <laughs> different approach to hair, but like I'm... Yeah, I, you know. And if I had purely concentrated on stand-up and not published any books, I'd be reading books thinking... Oh, I could. So, in a way, if there's something that you desperately want to do, I think you've just got to do it, whether it makes immediate commercial sense or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, Robin is a better example of that, even, because he does about 28 different projects, none of which makes sense, as far as I can see. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but again, I don't think he could live any other way. Although he's giving up stand-up, actually. So, well, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I suspect I'll talk to him about that. I suspect you will, enc- yeah. And encourage him. We're going inc- <laughs> You're not here till next week, go away.
1: You're no, I know, a, I know it's a week away, yeah. He's <laughs> hanging around. It's but very... it's almost as if he's watching us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, no, this weekend, when I, when I went to Tring, they were putting on right, one of my old plays, Punk's Not Dead, which I did in 1996. Oh, uh, and I was—it's I, weird having gone back with both Fist of Fun, which we've obviously re-released ourselves, and gone back and had to watch and do commentaries of. And in my mind, I was thinking that's—that was a great show. It's a shame it never got the recognition it deserved. Yeah. But going back to watch it, certainly so the second series, I could understand why it hadn't been recommissioned. Even though I thought there's lots of good things in it, I could, well, no, I could understand why it hadn't been recommissioned because it was a bit of a mess because we because of the changes they made us make. Really, the first series is pretty good, but also you go, okay, it's not. It isn't like the lost classic uh, sketch show. It was all right, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was, good, yeah. but it wasn't. Uh, I it was, was at was,
1: school. It was, but I mean, it was all right. But it, you know, I see You come in on I Monday think, and say the Moon in the Stick, and everyone <laughs> liked you.
0: I think I, I think I felt like we had been overlooked unfairly. Yeah. And, and But also my, my solo stand-up shows, going going back and looking and listening to them all again, in the, trying to remember the ball again. I thought, oh, those shows were kind of a lot of those shows were great, and some of them are. I'm very pleased with them. They're good, but there's still lots of bits, and you go, oh God, that's. That's not as good as I remember, or I can see why that, yeah. or at least I can see why that wasn't successful. But interestingly, Punk's Not Dead, which is the oldest of all the world, 1996, having seen that again, you kind of go, God, that was, that was like a real, I did really well. That's a really well written play. So you should. But nothing happened with it. You, know? you should
1: have retired. Then? I should have, well, I should have retired,
0: yeah. but also it's very easy to do something that's good and nobody really knows, notices Yeah, exactly.
1: That is another argument for producing a lot of work, yeah. definitely. Some of the work that, no matter how good, for whatever reason, will go unnoticed. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, again,
0: I might, might, might talk to Robin and Matt if he ever turns up. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, The Office was, a, was an example of something that which Rob was a, a yeah. completely involved with. Something that I think none of the people were in that would have... Th- they all were happy with it, but they wouldn't have thought this would go on to be the most successful sitcom ever. No, you Could can't... easily have been uh, not, you know, just passed... It very nearly was passed you over. You can't
1: possibly uh, predict what people... What no. of the things that you produce people will like. Yeah,
0: no. or, you know, things that are very good can be overlooked. But, you know, one thing out of everything I've done don't really count for much, does it? But uh, so. <laughs> that's still nice, though. It's nice to have it. It's nice to see. Very some... successful podcast as well. Oh, I've got that as well, yeah. Yeah, it's going really yeah. yeah, that's good. It's very much dependent on the guest. Yeah, no. no, uh, no, no. So. Uh, this will do all right. <laughs> it's very good. I'm joking. You said you would blog every day for 10 years. How's that going? Nah,
1: I am. <laughs> I did do 2 years. Uh, and then I, I had to um give up because of um you know when you have kids yeah. your your life isn't it, it doesn't really work anymore. <laughs> so uh, it was that. Yeah, yeah. I would I did I would have kept it going but I had I had suddenly I was doing um it was a shame really cuz yeah. I used to enjoy it. I've that. done 12 and a half years I know, every day. I know. Fuck off.
0: It's uh, it is a lot harder with uh, with the baby. But yeah. then, but then there are it does give you some things to write about which some people then get annoyed about but that's all that it's happened to me. This um, I'm a little bit behind even at the moment. I'm a
1: couple of. Days I was behind. forced to, to give it up because it was I was um, it was interfering with um, it was politically
0: <laughs> yeah. So I um,
1: <laughs> I couldn't really do it anymore. But on the plus side, I've relaunched Fist of Fun with myself in it. So um, <laughs> We've basically got the same career, but yeah. just we're just doing it in a different order. <laughs> I think. Um, I'll ask you some emergency
0: questions. I think you're a very good guest, Mark. I was only joking then.
1: As I say, I think it will do... (laughs) On on the spectrum of your downloads, it will be right in the middle, average. (laughs) But there'll be someone that listens to it and thinks, imagine him wanking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Someone, whoever it is. It's not that they want to imagine it, they want to see it. Uh, um, I've, it's not impossible. Uh, if you could tell you, I've got a... Uh, I've got a... <laughs> Everyone's got their prize. We should finish question, you've got yes, to do another one. we should
0: gig. finish oh, well, no, I'll ask an easy one. I'll ask one easy one. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock? That's an easy one. <laughs> it's easy. No, this is the big end of the show the,
1: oh, it's, it's yeah. literally the last L- question it probably
0: will be because you've got to go and do another gig I've forgotten
1: no I, no I haven't I always sort of feel like if, if you can't get anyone to do it then you probably have to hold your hands up and say it's not happening <laughs> no, I, it, I don't think it's the sort of thing where you can uh, create your own solution really yeah. and by hold your hands up I mean quite literally because that does take you out of it I think yeah um, it, would you what if someone wanted
0: to watch you something? that would be different tongue? of course yeah yeah
1: uh, and I know somebody does. Yeah, well, probably. Well,
0: that's not there, up there yet. But if they, if they open submissions again, but they're thinking about well, it, I'm it sure.
1: Might yeah. very well um, Is that how we're going to end it? We gonna, can't, Can we? Yeah,
0: we can. Well, um, uh, all right. Hold on. Um, you were the voice of a rabbit in the Innocence movies advert. I,
1: I just think. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Okay, back to the cock.
0: <laughs> Um, What was Mark Watson's Dry Stone Wall show all about?
1: I didn't see that one. No, nobody did. Because um, <laughs> it didn't happen. On I Wikipedia, didn't. it says, uh, you know sometimes pranksters will edit Absolutely. your Wikipedia page. So my Wikipedia page says, in 2014, as part of his Edinburgh show, he constructed a dry stone wall using traditional methods. Um, LAUGHTER I don't know. I don't know who did it or why. I don't know why someone's done that. But um, in a way, I like it. I'm just about <laughs> successful enough that every six months or so, someone puts a thing like that on my Wikipedia.
0: I was heavily sceptical that it was a real thing because I really thought I would have heard of
1: that. Yeah, uh, but I, I googled
0: I, it, and then there were other articles yes, mentioning it. Yes, there are
1: that, because. So I thought maybe he did do this. so I kind of quite a ask... few like interviewers now ask me, so how do you build a fly stone wall? And and other articles, without even interviewing me, have just written his projects include a 27-hour show, various <laughs> novels, and famously, a dry stone wall, which about. Uh, Once you've got that on Wikipedia, uh, very quickly it becomes, it becomes a new reality. Presumably
0: you'd have to do that show in a different venue every day, or you'd have to
1: do constructing a dry stone wall, and then the next show is taking a dry stone wall There were part. actually lots of technical challenges to yeah. it, yeah. um, not least the fact that it never happened. I, I've got no idea how to... But it was a wall. I don't think it would have been great yeah. entertainment either. But the fact that it
0: remained up there for months... still there. It's still, there. still um, there. No citation needed on there. It's a fact.
1: It doesn't even say this page has been... No. no. so there you go. I suppose I take it as a compliment that people think I'm capable of doing that. Do yeah. you think
0: that maybe you should do that show? just uh, as one well, in I the suppose it'd
1: be one way of putting the record straight, wouldn't <laughs> it? But I, I, I get the impression that it's quite hard to build a wall. You know, I, especially a dry, a dry stone wall is no you just literally oh no I think it'd be dry really stones hard. I think mainly it's made of no I don't even know where you get dry st- I suppose I go to home base or something but um <laughs> no I think I'll probably I think I'll probably crack on with the comedy if I can <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're listening Stuart I'm really I'm trying really hard yeah okay, uh, um <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's Robin
0: Intuck so better not ask you his questions uh, uh, don't uh, ask me why I'm fucking obsessed with science <laughs> uh, You did break my rib. You're indirectly responsible for breaking my rib.
1: Phrases like you broke my rib are very misleading. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: Yes, yes. um, It was was mainly Key's fault, Tim Key's fault. It's much more the fault of Tim Key. Richard was a guest on We Need Answers, an Edinburgh late show that I did, which became a TV show. And we had very high stools uh, for the guests. And Herring, uh, it's fair to say, yeah, broke a rib. getting. Well,
0: yeah, I was in a, one of my fitness periods. so I was quite uh, fit and I was a bit drunk. Yes. And I was, but I've got very short legs.
1: Yes, so these, all these in all, a terrible very, combination. These stools yeah.
0: are very high. So I tried to get on couldn't get on because of my short legs. And then Tim, Tim Key held it for me and I was going to try and leapfrog onto it. I know. And but then he moved it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you and you were sort of saying, oh, this hurts. This yeah. oh, is a bit sore. And it's one of those situations where you think someone's sort Of whinging, and then ultimately they've got a crippling injury.
0: Yeah, I, um... I got through the show, I didn't win, it was a competition. It was only afterwards
1: we found out yeah. you had a yeah, it was a only, crack a, cri- it. It was only yeah. a
0: crack rib, that's all it was. It's pretty horrible, <laughs> not ideal. Yeah,
1: for can't com- do anything for comedy, though. Well, I will yeah.
0: do anything for a laugh. Wait, that's, that's what the, the kind sort of guy I'm yeah. <laughs> just, just saying, I'm built I'll do anything for
1: comedy or side ed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's been lovely to talk to you, Mark Watson. It was uh, most of what we did was improvisation, my dear
1: Mark Watson. Yeah, (laughs) it really was, my dear Richard Herring. (laughs) I'm going to look it up, and if it wasn't my dear Mark Watson, I'm (laughs) going to be absolutely
0: furious. (laughs) If there is another series, can I be on? Please be on it. At the moment, it's looking a big if. In fact, all I want to do is the, is the, open, is the opening titles. <laughs> I'm saying, That's, That's and all I want then as be, well. go, do, 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 do I'm going to write it for you. I've done this for two tribes as well. People keep on going. This will be the music. <laughs> There'll be images of people improvising and this. And then it'll come to me and just my voice. I'll
1: go, improvisation, my dear Mark Watson. I, I can't see that not being commissioned, to be fair. <laughs> 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 my dear herring
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen uh, it's my dear my Watson <laughs> been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me Richard Herring and my guest Mark Watson. The music is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and to everyone at gofastastriapy.com for all their help in putting this together. It is produced by Ben Walker. He's a nice man. He's got lots of children. Uh, his penis is working fine and his testicles also. And it is a gofastaestripe.com fuzz and Go and Sky Potato, not Go Faster Stripe again, that would be stupid, and Sky Potato production for the internet. Thank you for listening. Goodbye! Thanks for watching andor listening to Rich Tang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. No thanks for watching and not listening, though. That would be a stupid thing to do. And masturbating while you're watching it. I'm not. I'm not. Thank- if you're going to masturbate to it, at least listen to what we're saying at the same time. That is my message to you. Uh, Andy Hilton has paid us to say something at the end of this podcast. What he wants us to say is egg. So thank you very much for watching. Uh, go to richtering.com slash gigs to find out where I'm gigging. Come to the Les Square Theatre to see me doing all my 12 shows uh, over August and September. Uh, go to gofasterstripe.com and buy a badge or a bit DVD if you want to help us make more of these I am indebted to the following people who helped us to pay for filming the podcasts, they are Matthew Smith, Ewan Duncan Rob Applin, Darren Foote Colin Anderson, Raymond Harpeny Kevin Tipcorn, Steve Mash Dean Ratland Gainer Wilson, Adam Quek Stuart Fawcett, Tim Turner, Julian Benton, Thomas Baldwin, Lauren Pilkington, Matthew Blackburn, Neil Martin, Jack Burton, Fraser Levy, Gina Lynn, Paul Jeffrey, Rob Ward, Robert Tang Richardson, Leo Vagoda, Carol Forster, Kawa, Cole McGonagall, Aurora Watters, Jake, Heather Henderson, Simon Carl, Christine Sato, David Collier, Jijin John, Roy Owens, Matthew Poynton, and Stuart Martin, Elizabeth Engstram, Neil Wood, Christopher Beck, Jason Locascio, come on, Rachel Todd, Karen Trethewey, there's a way of saying that I expect, that not that Karen Trethewey. Karen Chethoui says it's a Cornish name. Good to know that the Corn Cornwall has the internet, or that someone from Cornwall has escaped. Uh, Amy L. Paul in capital letters, and Chris Heath. Thanks to all of those and all the other people who gave money to our Kickstarter.